that trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with with what? With what? All your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And look what the Bible says. Lean not, not on your own understanding. Do you? That word right there, lean. Keep playing. Keep playing. That word lean right there means to support yourself. It does. The Hebrew word for that word lean means to support yourself. Here in America, when we're asked about decisions, we tend to say, "Uh, I'm leaning this way. Or I'm leaning the other way. In Hebrew times, back here, it meant to support yourself. And the Bible is being very clear. Lean not. Support yourself not. Do not support yourself on your own understanding. Don't establish what you believe and what you perceive on your own understanding. Because here's the catch. It may have nothing to do with what you see. It may have nothing to do with what you perceive. Something in the face of everything that's been going on, in the face of all that's happening, it may have nothing to do with what you think you know. That's why you trust in the Lord with not part, not a fraction, not a pie slice on a chart, all of your heart. All of your heart. All of it. Why? Because supporting yourself on your own understanding will betray you in terms of the truth of what's actually happening. How many of you have ever looked at a scenario and said, this is what I believe, and you couldn't have been more wrong? Well, guess what? Isn't that fascinating? Trust in the Lord with with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Verse 6. In all your ways. Here we go again. All your ways. Acknowledge Him. And he's going to go, good job. And he's going to go, oh, well, that's nice. I'm glad to hear that you're back. And he's going to say, I'm sorry, what? The Bible says, and he will direct your paths. You see, here's the deal. Here's the deal about trust. For the past three weeks, I've been preaching on belief. You can't trust something you don't believe in. And you can't trust someone you don't believe in. You can't. 
they go hand in hand. And remember belief. Remember how many of you are tired of me defining belief for you? Belief is not the intellectual or academic assent to believing in something's existence. It is not the acknowledgement of something's existence in your head. It is like King Jehoshaphat who remembers. It is like King Jehoshaphat who in the face of a massive, vast multitude coming against him, he stands in the presence of God in full belief mode and says, we have no power, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And right there, when you've done all to stand, you stand. That is belief. That is belief. How can you trust someone that in the face of all crisis, when literally hell has been unleashed in your life, how can you trust a God you genuinely don't believe in? Let me tell you something. Since I've been pastor here, my family and I, we've been through some stuff. I want you to know that right now. We've been through some stuff. And we've been through some stuff that I've heard other people who have gone through stuff bailed on their stuff. They flat out walked out because their stuff was too much for them because they didn't believe. I want, to, I want you to understand something right now. John the Baptist, preaching God's Word. He was preaching God's Word foretelling of the coming of the Messiah. What kind of reward do you think that man should be getting from God? Just lifted up with blessings and glory and acknowledgement? No! He goes to a chopping block and has his head taken off. And that man still trusted the one in whom he believed. Your circumstances are not the basis of your belief and your trust. It is the one in whom you put your belief and trust in, no matter what your circumstances. Your circumstances are in irrelevancy unless, unless in the middle of those circumstances, He's constructing something in you that isn't you at all. It's Him. How are you responding? How are you responding to your crisis? How are you responding and reacting to your trials and your tribulations? Are you holding yourself up, leaning upon for support, your own understanding? Or are you trusting in the Lord with all your heart? And in the face of the tumult, in the face of the, the hurricane, in the face of the, the storm, you stand knowing that He is Lord of lords and King of kings. And even the wind and the waves bow to Him. How are you handling this? How are you going about it? Precious Jesus. Hallelujah. What time is it? Oh my word. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. If you're done, 
If you're done, go sit down. If y'all are done, go sit down. Great work. Great work. Precious Jesus. I'm going to take you briefly. We're going to go briefly to Mark chapter 14. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Let me tell you something. Our belief places trust, Mark chapter 14, places trust in the God of our salvation. Our belief that no matter what comes blowing into our area, no matter what. Look, if, if, if November 6th heads completely south on us, Listen to me. What does the Bible say about officials and rulers, kings and such? The Bible tells us in more than one place, He sets up kings and He brings them down. He sets up authorities and He brings them down. And He does it at His pleasure. Why would that ever happen? Because God has a plan. That's why we do not support ourselves. That's why we don't lean on our own understanding. We trust Him. Trust in the Lord with of your heart. It doesn't matter what's happening. What you need to be looking at in the face of everything that's going on is not the circumstances and woe is me, why didn't X person or Y party get involved, get a better uh, uh, turnout? That's not what you should be looking for. Okay? That's how it played out. That's how it played out. God, what do you want me to do in it now? That's what you're looking for. God, what is my role in this mess? Now, well, what I call mess, you call it absolute sovereign will, but I call it a mess. Right? If God's word is true, and it is, then we may not worry about what's going on as long as we are doing what he has established for us to do. Verse 3, chapter 14, the book of Mark, while he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. How many of you know exactly where this story goes because you've read it, heard it preached, and heard it taught more times than you technically probably know how to count? just those dozen of you. Okay. Now we could go into a big long discourse about who this particular woman is, but we're not going to because it doesn't matter this morning. Okay? It just doesn't matter. This woman comes in obviously a person who believes in who Jesus Christ is. Right? Obviously believes. How many in this building believe in who Jesus Christ says He is? Okay, I don't know if you've noticed this in the Scriptures as you have read through them in your own personal time with the Lord, but there were people, even people close to Jesus, who did not believe Him. Even some of them who followed on His coattails 
and were called disciples. They did not believe him. Okay, this woman is a believer. Do you know how I know? Because she walks in to this area of the house where Jesus is reclined and eating and everybody there, you know, in in the house, they're sitting around. And she brings in an alabaster jar of this expensive, expensive perfume and anoints him with it. Now, that may not sound like a lot to you, but I'm going to tell you where this gal is because she's not where you might think she is. She is so far ahead of the curve in her approach to Jesus Christ and her belief in Jesus Christ. She is so far ahead of the curve than anybody else in that room. She does something that precious few at this time, and I mean precious few, even believe or discern. She's doing something so far out ahead of the crowd that it's almost uncalculable. Now, let's move on. Some of those present. Now, if you look at uh, Matthew's uh, version of this in 26.8, it says right there where, where this one in verse 4 says, some of those present were indignantly, blah, blah, blah. In Matthew, it says the disciples. Okay? Now you're about to figure out how, how far down the curve that the disciples were, where this little gal here, she's so far out ahead of them. She's, she's already earned her three graduate degrees, and they're still back here in elementary school. Okay? Girls, thank you for your part in God's Word. Thank you for being who you are in God's kingdom. Why this was...